In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio today. I'm Eric the Artist. Hey, everyone. I have with me Gary the Stud. I am the Senate. And I am Bob Christman, your host and the unequivocally happy person right now. So, we have lots to discuss with you tonight, and we're going to get right to it because I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot tonight. We're going to cover the Hellboy Red Band trailer that recently was released. We're going to talk a little bit about Batman and the DC Universe. We're going to talk about the X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer that was recently released. The latest Captain Marvel trailer released, which, by the way, the movie is now, as we're recording this, what, a week away? Next Friday. Next Friday. And a trailer for Star Wars Always, which we're going to talk about. And lastly, we're going to talk about the new massive details being released about Star Wars The Galaxy's Edge at Disney World and Disneyland. And that is not a new type of razor. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Okay, so the uh, within the last, what, two weeks, right? Uh, maybe even the week, uh, the latest Hellboy Red Band trailer came last out. Last night at midnight. Was it last night at midnight? I know it was recently. Yes. I just couldn't remember how recently Which it was. Which is interesting these days, because now trailer releases have become, you know moments of their marketing it's like right. it's not just hey there's a trailer to watch in front of a movie now it's a trailer release becomes an event and they release like hellboy at midnight they're not concerned with you seeing it at the moment it's released no they know it's going to get a lot of attention but they just do these interesting the marketing for trailers has become almost the same as the movies you know what i love now is we have trailers for trailers yes the, the mini trailer <laughs> that happens right before the main right trailer before the, yeah the teaser trailer before the main trailer i, I just like that kills me i'm like we really we need a trailer for the trailer. <laughs> I want someone to do a trailer before the trailer before the trailer. So well, it's want, just a yeah. mini mini trailer. I want somebody to do in a, a trailer, trailer about trailers. Like do a history of trailers as a trailer. In right? a, in, in a trailer. Inside of a trailer, yes. Maybe in a trailer park. <laughs> 
So, what do you guys? Uh, we, we, we've watched this trailer once already, and we're kind of like watching it again. It's like my third, or second or fourth time. time. Is it your third or fourth yeah. time? I, I really haven't had a chance to look at it. To be honest, my well, life's too crazy. Little to... background here: I'm a big fan of Hellboy. It's one of the few comics I collect all the trades of. So I have the run of all the Magnolia, Magnolia Hellboys. Duncan, uh, Duncan Ferengo, I think his last name is pronounced. I've been getting that's that wrong. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, his when he took over. Even the more recent Hellboys in Hell. Recent, as in you know past couple of years they're not that right. reason i didn't collect all of the hellboy bprd books which i know that's where a ma- vast majority of story takes place because mm-hmm. there's a whole series on that but these hellboy movies seem to mostly follow the hellboy comics the way i know them so i'm i'm familiar with this and i'm a big fan so this movie release is important to me so i mean watching the trailer i was i was actually kind of taking it back this is more like the hellboy that i kind of half expected out of Hollywood the first time around. And I'm not knocking the Ron Perlman one because I thought they were great for what they were and when they came out. I mean, really, we had nothing prior to that point. They just didn't, to me, never lined up with the comic books the way I I remembered them. And maybe it's just the way I remembered the comics versus the way they actually were. Um, You know, to me, I always felt like the Ron Perlman ones were a little too Batman-esque. You know, like he had the tote with all the stuff inside of it he needed to take with him everywhere he goes. Um, this, This reminds me a little more of the... I don't know, the gruesome, how do I put it, monster side of Hellboy. Right, which is what he became more of in the later books. I think it started with uh, Strange Places, or Stranger Places was kind of when he started drifting over into new territory, and it became more about, he actually kind of merged into, he started traveling through legends. He was no longer on our plane of existence. He was kind of going through, he would end up in Africa and old Russia and right. go up against the Baba Yaga and there'd be all sorts of legendary things. He was under under the sea for a while, trapped under underwater with mermaids. And uh, He stayed six months in an old house of, of a friend of his when the guy was dead and he was staying with the ghost. And it was just like, it was very interesting that he was in this kind of other plane of existence for a long period of time. You know what I find interesting, though, is, is throughout this trailer, there's all sorts of interesting imagery that we've seen in the comics, like mm-hmm. the Hellboy kid you know mm. what i mean like the way the way he comes out of the the hole here at the beginning and and with the big arm and the whole nine yards you know and i i just i think that's interesting uh the one thing i don't see them addressing at least not in the trailer and i'm sure they address it in the movie is is why he hacks off his horns all right, the time yeah. you know they they don't address that at all but that's okay i mean like i'm sure they'll probably address it in the movie i love the fact that we're still using the massively huge guns i yep. mean to me that's hellboy that screams hellboy all the time always will the arm, to me, I actually kind of like the look of the arm better this it's time bit, around than I bit, did the last time. It's a bit geometrical in a way. It's like it the, is. The, the arm part isn't perfectly round. It's a bit angled. Yeah. I'm okay with it, though. I kind of like the look of it. What do you think of the long hair? Hellboy um, always kept his hair back and kind of like yeah, a Yeah, it was always in a, like a ponytail, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he didn't have the long hair hanging down his shoulders yeah. like they're doing here. I, I think they're going for like a bad boy look here, mm-hmm. I think is really what they're going for. and. Uh, I guess it doesn't bother me too much, but you're right. It doesn't ma- quite match the comics in that regard. Now, Mila Jovovich is playing the bad guy, bad person, I should yes, say. The Red Queen. She's the Red Queen. Uh, you know, do you feel like she is doing a good job of at least representing the look of the Red Queen? I mean, as far as... Yeah, I mean, she's got kind of the look. See her more in action. Yeah. But from the comics, the character had... It was a similar look. I do like the creatures we're seeing. To me, this is more of the like hell-like creatures that I would expect out of a Hellboy comic or a Hellboy. You know, I just I don't know. It has the look to it. What's really I'm finding interesting is the number of comics they're actually referencing. Right. Everything from the Wild Hunt to there's a Gruach 
the demon trapped inside the giant pig body. We got right. uh, Baba Yaga's walking chicken leg house. We've got you know him fighting the giants, which is again from the Wild Hunt and the the giant. They go hunting giants. You've obviously got the Red Queen from the entire uh, storyline there. It's it, they're they're definitely covering a lot of different books and putting them in, which is nice to see. It's interesting to see how much they'll do. I do mean, you one, think, do you think they're concerned and they're trying to crash everything into one storyline instead of like spacing it out because they're worried they might not get another shot at it? It's possible. I mean, because that's the thing is. Anything they do after this is going to have to be original material because they're literally touching upon almost all of it. Right, everything that, at least that I know of, that yeah. Hellboy touched on. I mean, again, BPRD had tons of stories. Right. And there's lots they can draw from there, but Hellboy wasn't around for a lot of that. Right. Because that was stories about him, you know, when he was gone and what they were doing in the world. It's, it's definitely got an interesting look. I mean, I'm interested in seeing it. It's, they're going for the R-rated. There's a lot of oh, yeah. you know, bad language, a lot of gore. Um, yeah, and you were commenting earlier, Eric, about the bad language. You, what was your, your take well, on that? Well, one of the things that's interesting to me is that the comic book has never been a hard R comic book. It's never been a Max series. It's never right. been an ad- adult series. Uh, the f- closest he ever gets to swearing is he sometimes says, damn. And then when he tries to say son of a B, B he only ever gets out son of a. It's kind of his catchphrase. And then he's cut off because something always happens. Right. He doesn't really swear, you know, unless you – maybe there's been once or twice in the comic where they've done kind of the exclamation point, at symbol, number sign. Right, 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 Thing like that, but not really – Not in, outright. Not outright. And the comic's never been super gory per se. It's not like a lot of bloodshed in the comics. It's always about the creatures and the And then legends. when you look at this one, i got to be honest. It's, this is R. Yeah, this is I mean, R-rated this is violent, gory, violent. Violent and, and language. And it's – Interesting to see that this is heavily... Mike Mignola is saying, oh, this is such a great take on Hellboy and this is so good. The comic fans are going to love it. I'm like, is it that or are they... Is it the Deadpool effect? Are people going, well, they like their bloodshed and they like their bad language, right, so let's right. put some of that in here. Is it necessary? Because I've never seen Hellboy being that way. And I can see where you might be a little worried that it might be a little too over the top in that regard, that it's like too much. And and I agree with you. I always saw Hellboy as more like a PG-13. It never yeah, exactly. was that rated R. I never jumped into that rated R element. And it's pretty obvious that's what they're going for in the movie. Now, part of me says if they're marketing to our generation... They probably could jump into that and they'll be okay because our generation isn't going to be like, oh, that's not PG-13. You know, like... Right, right. I, I think because at our age, we're kind of like, ah, screw it. It's another F-bomb. Look at that. You know? Yeah, I'll be fine with it. I mean, <laughs> it works. The, two, the couple times that they've they've used it, they do seem to tie in with what's happening in the trailer. It's like, you know, the very last line of the trailer, which I won't give away. Watch it. There's a good joke there. You know, another one where they drop the F-bomb, but it it works for the joke. Right. But again, I just kind of wonder, is it is it Hellboy? Gary, what do you think of this? Do you not like, do not you like much. <laughs> Are you a Hellboy fan at all? I am. Yeah, it's just I'm hey, not really excited about the whole thing. Is all. Why? Thank you. I was going to ask that. <laughs> I just don't like remaking stuff anymore. I'm just tired of. Do you, Do you like the Ron Perlman version? Let me ask you that. I, I do like that one. It's I like the first one. I didn't really care for the second. See, I'm one of the few people who liked Golden Army. I thought um, it was pretty good. I actually thought it was okay. I, you know, not like amazing, but it was okay. I, when people railed on it, I was kind of like, "Why? What's wrong?" You know, like I didn't understand their their take on that. But um, you know, one thing we're not seeing anywhere in this trailer, Abe Sapien. Right? There's none. And oh that's, yeah. That's his. Bo- that's his partner for all the early yeah, books. Why don't we? Have- and this is definitely. This seems to be definitely. Even though they're showing him in the BPRD, like we saw in the first Hellboy movie with Abe Sapien and all that. It definitely looks like 
they're focusing more on the later years when he got into the strangeness right. and the weirdness, you know, and went beyond. Do we know, is this supposed to be a continuation from the previous, or is it, like, a complete... It's a reboot. Well, I think we've said in this podcast it's a reboot, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. it's... That's, because they're reshowing. That's interesting. That you saw Hellboy be summoned in the first movie. Right, right, right. right. And they're reshowing the summoning again here, and it's right, different. Right, that's true. It's a different summoning. And it's definitely... They're not with the same characters, you right. know, the, the uh, Jeffrey Tambor had a good character, the human character in the movie, right. the, the kind of the guy who, who ran, who was in charge of the bureaucracy of the BPRD, and uh, him and yeah. Hellboy always butted heads, but at the end, they had that cool fight with Cronin. Right. The two of them, like, worked together, and he mm-hmm. showed them how to, like, properly light a cigar. Right. You got this, it was cool, the, the kind of the relationship they set up. None of that's in here, so it's clear that they're, they're rebooting and they're retelling yeah. the story. Well, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to come out April 12th. I think it's going to be an interesting movie to go check out and see if you get a chance. Yeah, this is one that I'll, I'll try and drag my wife to and say, hey, let's go see it. I'd, I'd like I to see this I don't know if I'll be able to convince my wife to go see something like this, <laughs> but uh, I, I might check it out on video when it comes out. I, I don't know if I'll get into the theater just because of time. My know? wife saw the first Hellboy movie on yeah. video, and she liked it, and I've always intended to show her the second one and haven't had a chance yet. I've got it on DVD, and I just haven't even shown <laughs> it to her. So... I may show that to her, or I may just say, hey, let's go see this. You kind of don't need to know anything, because it's a, it's a restart, you know, and uh, I'll see if I can get her to go. Okay, next we wanted to talk about the official announcement. That's right, it is official now, that Ben Affleck is no longer... Let me say it. I'm not Batman. <laughs> He's not Batman anymore. Ben Affleck is gone as Batman. Now, the interesting thing I, I found out is that he announced it via his Twitter account. That he's passing the torch, that he's done. He's 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 over being Batman. It's kind of interesting. I still sit here and speculate: is it him walking away, or is it DC saying we're done with you? Right. And I think it's a little column A, a little column B. Because my understanding was recently he went into rehab, right? Alcoholic rehab. Oh yeah, he did a month not too long ago. Yeah, and I, I just wonder if if DC just decided wasn't worth the risk of having Ben Affleck around as Batman. I also don't know if Ben Affleck really wanted to be Batman all yeah. along. I don't well, know. I, he when he originally came into it, yeah. I remember there was lots of talk about him writing it, him directing the right. the solo film. I mean, there was all these plans that I think he thought he was signing up for, and then when the movies didn't succeed as much, I think DC kept saying, well, we're cutting you back, cutting you back, cutting you back, cutting you back. And he started being like, well, this is not what I signed up for. You know, right. I thought there'd be more. And he probably doesn't like the direction it's taken, you know. Well, what I found interesting since then is just the absolute crazy speculation about who should play Batman I, since Ben Affleck has walked away. I think away. most of these articles are doing it heavily tongue-in-cheek. I'm sure, but some of them are also, like... I mean, some of them are okay. Like I like I told you guys, Army Hammer, Army Hammer, excuse me, I thought actually isn't a bad choice. No, he's I, not. And he, he was originally auditioning for Captain America, and he right. didn't get it. So I think he's he's a good actor, and I think he could get the build for it. I, I could totally see him pulling it off. Now we've we've seen some other crazy ones too. What were some of the other ones we were watching? We were looking at earlier. There was like what? Why would you? Oh well, there was Idris Elba was one. Anthony was like, B. Jordan. What? Yeah, Anthony B. Jordan. Or Michael B. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan um, sorry. You know, just because he's of the moment. Right. One was. Well, he's got the build. We talked about. He's that, got the build, know? but you know, uh, and then there was the, to put it this way: the article got so silly at one point it said a soup full of jelly beans, right, and uh, an actual bat. You know, in a suit. Now, the, the one that kind of got me like, no. Like, I, I was like, no. Was there was an article saying that Robert Pattinson is like, and from my understanding, he is at the top of the 
they're really seriously considering See, now I thought it was Jake on. Gyllenhaal was up there, too, but I think recently he said he, no. Jake has already said he wouldn't do it. Like, right. that came out in an article. He's already Mysterio now. Yeah. So. I, I, I think he wants to stay away from that side of things. We'll talk about why in a second, I think, because there's a connection there. But uh, to me, if, if, if they go with Robert Pattinson, I just part of me just says you automatically turn off a section of your audience, like, right off the bat. Because ever since Twilight, there's a whole just a whole group of people that well, he's got a stigma now. Can't stand Robert yeah. Pattinson just for being involved. But in Twilight. he's he's a good actor. I mean, he's done movies since then. And I, I give you that. Yes, yes. He's he's a good actor. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. I'm and just saying that there is a stigma with that oh, Twilight series. I'm here's sorry. the problem, name especially an, in the male world. It's hard it's just, to name an actor these days that doesn't have a stigma. You're right. That's, everyone's going to be really them for the role yeah, and yeah. their risk of this. It's yeah, and and I always have said. Choosing Batman's like choosing the next James Bond. <laughs> like, it really is. I, I equate the two things together because James Bond's like, no matter who you pick, everybody's going to go be like, really? You picked that person? Right. I, I feel like Batman or Superman even's the same way. When we have to, you know, it, that's the other part of it. So you're going, okay, so Ben Affleck's out. <clears throat> is Henry Cavill out? He well, We had that whole weird <coughs> Twitter incident. And that's why I say incident that. Where he, like, right. showed the figure and it was weird. Like, he hinted at he might. Leave yeah, and, they, and they, they had all this disagreement with, with DC for a while, with Shazam and right. all that. So I, we've talked about this off air, and I think the easiest way to put it is no one knows where the state of DC is in terms of films. <laughs> Not even DC. <laughs> to give you a quick rundown, things we've heard like just this week. Yeah. Will Smith no longer playing Deadshot. Yeah. I've heard that Margot Robbie, apart from this movie that's coming out where she's the emancipation of one Harley Quinn, whatever, the long-titled weird movie of Harley Quinn, well, she's just, not Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey movie or something like that. Like, there's, there's weird discussion going on there. Really? She's not apparently Harley she's, in the Birds of Prey? Apparently. I mean, but I saw an got, article. They've got pictures of her in the costume. From her other Harley Quinn movie that I think they're making. Really? We, yeah. As from I what it I heard, was from Birds of Prey. And this is why okay. it's all confusing. Maybe I'm wrong. Apparently, Jared Leto. I mean, we've got Joaquin Phoenix being a Joker movie now. That looks right. nothing like the Joker. It looks nope. like some guy in a weird suit. He's just a freaking clown. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's like, it, does that tie in anywhere? Right. We've got Henry Cavill, who may or may not be in or out anymore. You've got DC bluntly this week coming out and saying, well, we've decided not to do an extended universe. The movies are going to kind of stand on their own. That way they can be quirky. We can do Shazam without it really tying into DC. And we can do uh, an Aquaman. And we can do a Wonder Woman <laughs> in the 80s. And they're, they're kind of back to just throwing and it, everything everywhere. You know, when you look at all that, then I start, you know, when you're certain people, you start to get worried. right? Like if you're Gal Gadot, you got to be looking at this going, wait a minute. I'm about to come out with Wonder Woman 1984. Which could have this amazing connection, and now you're saying, nope, that, that, there's no way. We're not going to worry about those connections anymore. I mean, if I'm Gal Gadot, i got to be looking at my movie going, well, maybe that's my last Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, wow. I, I just, I go back to, what is I don't, DC I don't thinking? Think th- here's the other thing, though. I don't think these actors, like, we as fans get really attached to these movies. Yeah, I we guess don't want to see. They probably don't have the care. They don't have, have. I mean, yeah. they care. They obviously care because it's their career, their livelihood. Right, they but put I'm a just lot saying, like, I'm it. sure she's not like Wonder Woman's mine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she, I, I think she'd be fine going, well, I'm going to play other roles. You yeah. know, I've got lots of work. <laughs> I can I'm, I can do a lot. And she's not going to have a hard time finding another role. That's no. the thing. She's a good actress. I just, you know, part of me just sits here and says, DC is just like, I, the, if you're a fan of DC, it just makes you want to, like crush your head into a wall right now because mm. well, nothing's making any do sense. Do you want to go see Shazam? 
I, mean, are I you actually interested? do want to go see Shazam. But That's, do you want to see Shazam if it's a one-off? And they're going to say, it's no longer connected. You're never going to see I'm Shazam actually, take on Superman. As far as Shazam, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> now, when it comes to certain other characters, I, I, I'm... Like, if we do a one-off cyborg now, it just... Why? You know what I mean? Like... Well, then, then you get into their TV series. You've got a different cyborg right. in the TV series. Right, you do. you got a different Flash in the TV series. you well, got Gotham, yeah. which is an entirely different alternate universe take practically well, on I, I think they have to do that now because the, CD, the CW has got its own little world already going on, which, by the way, is pretty good. I mean, it's I, <clears throat> I think they're doing a better job than the movies are as far as being uh, honest to the DC universe and giving it its own little storyline and everybody's interconnecting and... And you, all you're talking about is the Flash, Supergirl, what, DC Legends of Tomorrow, uh, and the Arrowverse, right? No, there's Doom Patrol. Is there Doom Patrol within that? that? Well, now it's coming out as Doom Patrol with, oh, okay. with Brendan Fraser as Robot Man and all these well, things. Well, yeah, but that's on the DC Universe app, and I think they're going to keep that separate from the CW. Oh, yeah, because we've also got Titans. Right. So you got separate. Titans on that that's separate. So you're right. There's that dude. So you got like you're gonna have like three universes going on. Uh, the only way you're gonna be able to connect any of this, if you ever really wanted to, is somehow use the Flash and a Flashpoint paradox. And here's Crisis on Universe Earth. A, Universe B. Yeah, it's a Crisis on Earth, <laughs> Infinite Universe, or whatever you want to call it. But that's the only way you're ever gonna be able to make all this connect. Yeah. And I think that's a part of the problem is they actually generated their own problem. Oh yeah. It, it, and they keep spinning it. In my opinion, what they keep doing is they keep rehashing the origin story over and over and over again. <laughs> Why do we need to see Batman's origin? You know his parents get shot. Oh, <laughs> spoiler! They do and you know what else? At some point, a pearl necklace breaks. Oh and my gosh! Pearls go spilling on oh, the man. alleyway. Can I just tell and you? And then popcorn falls next. Will you just... stop spoiling it for me? <laughs> Can I just tell you? Two weeks ago, Gotham, they got to the point where the the Joker character on Gotham got Bruce Wayne aside. And said, "Hey, here's your parents, and there they're standing, and the the woman's wearing a, a pearl necklace." And my wife goes, "I swear to everything that is holy, <laughs> if that pearl necklace hits the ground, I'm done with Gotham. I don't care how many episodes are left." Of course, guess what happens? The pearl necklace. The pearl necklace hit the ground. I looked at her and she goes, "Okay, I'll finish this season, and that's it." And wasn't the first left, time we ever <laughs> saw that was Frank Miller doing The Dark Knight? Wasn't his retelling the one that brought the pearl necklace in? Because the no, gun, actually, there's a close up where the gun gets caught and pulls and it breaks. And that, that actually goes all the way back to the very first one that that Schneider did with with Nicholson and Michael no, Burton. You mean or Tim Burton? Tim sorry. Burton. The Tim Burton one. Did that have the pearls in it? Well, it yeah, but the here's the thing. That was 89. Frank Miller was 85. Was that 85? The, yeah, the, the Dark Frank Knight Miller? was 85. I think Dark Knight was the first artistic rendering you of might the whole be right, actually, you're right, I pearl think, thing. And now everyone does it. I think it. the Tim Burton was to reflect that one. That's right. That's right. It was the other way around. But yeah, you're right. And ever since then, everybody shows the pearl <laughs> necklace falling. Right. You know, and, and, and to go on with what I was saying is they had the same villains and everything else. And I want to see Bane done right. right. I agree. Uh, I like you don't want you don't want him walking around putting bomb icicles going, bomb, yeah, bomb. Uh, I, I want, ladies to, and I, gentlemen, Batman and Robin, right? <laughs> I want to see Grundy in one of these movies. I want to see him done good. Grundy's tough to do because it's he's a magical character in a way. He's an, he's a he's well, a reanimated corpse. Yes, and and yes, he is kind of. He, he would work for the what is it? They were trying to work on the dark unit, the dark DC. Yeah. DC Dark or whatever with, yeah. with uh, Constantine and Swamp Thing and all that. I, Grundy could probably work into that. He'd fit thematically. That's the, I, here's the other problem. DC 
doesn't have for, as their comics their characters are widely varied some are superheroes from powers right. some are m- characters of practical myth magic yep. magic yep. and they've always been more archetypes of a bigger scale than Marvel Marvel right. being the smaller Peter Parker getting powers and Captain America being a soldier and you know they've always kept apart from their cosmic and the mystical stuff that they do get into Marvel was smart and they started off this whole thing with those low you know Tony Stark builds a suit right. Captain America and gets it a serum injection. They told the stories that were small. You know, some, somebody said the archetypes kind of work like Greek mythology versus Roman mythology. In Greek mythology, everything is uh, the gods pared down, and it's it's um, there's smaller stories within oh, the bigger okay. stories, right? So everything pairs down. So Homer and all that. So like you can keep building up from one character all the way out, right? Whereas when it, you look at Roman mythology, so that's more like Marvel, where Roman mythology is just bigger stories altogether. The the cloud god got mad at the thunder god and they fought each other. And you know what I mean? Like that's and that's more like DC where it's just bigger, broader storytelling. And I guess I'd never thought of that that like you almost see the two mythologies playing out in comic books. Yeah. And the style. And, and I mean, it, even look at the Shazam movie coming out. Where does he yeah. get his powers? He has the strength of Zeus and the right. you know, or Hercules. He has the power, uh, the speed of Mercury. Right. He has the wisdom of which are Solomon. The right. Strength of Atlas. It's like there's those godlike the figures, godlike figures right. that he gets his power magically by right. saying a name and being struck with lightning. It's like, well, there's you're not going to be able to do a Marvel level storytelling whatever with a character like that. You've got to kind of go broader. Especially if you go, Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> I haven't even used it yet this episode. <laughs> God, I've been saying Shazam like four times. I never did it. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what to say about the DC Universe anymore other than the more they they play around in the sandbox that they're creating, the more it turns me off to what they're doing. So, yeah, what what are we going to do now about a James Gunn-directed Suicide Squad 2 with a different cast? Right. What are we going to do if Margot Robbie is no longer this Harlequin, which, granted, she didn't have the outfit, but people liked what they did with her. Right. So she kind of got adopted. Now you see a lot of Daddy's Little Monsters at conventions and stuff like that with baseball bats. But now what if she's out? And, and they redesign her again. For and what new- do you do with Joaquin Phoenix playing a Joker that's quite honestly looks like right out, he's out right out of it or something like I don't, that? I don't and know how that even ties to anything. Is there going to be a broader DC discussion? Is it going to be like Venom where it just didn't connect with them? They didn't and, mention it. i got to be honest. I, I watched Venom so finally. Did I. I watched video, Venom. And, and I didn't get it. Like I, I, It felt like Spawn from the 90s. It felt like a <laughs> 90s movie that yeah. didn't. Didn't have a big plan, just wanted to do a lot of special effects. And yeah, like here's people's decisions. We figured out how to make weird. black goo go around people. There you go. There's Venom. And that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we figured that special effect out. Way to go. And the fact that they're even talking about a Venom too, I'm like, people what? Lo- it made tons what? of money. People loved it apparently. I, I don't didn't get, get it. it. I don't, I don't, that's not the Venom. And that's not the Venom or the Carnage that I, that we grew up with in comic books. But then I'm sitting here going, but that wasn't marketed to comic book people. That was marketed to just moviegoers. Moviegoers, you know what I mean? People who cared about the comics, that, that they don't care. They could care less. Yeah, and I didn't like. I mean, the the decisions in Venom were. It's like bizarre, crazy stuff happens all around people, and they're just accepting it. Yeah, and it just uh, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Well, speaking about bizarre things that don't work for us, <laughs> let's move on to Fox's version of. X-Men, Dark Phoenix. Now now we get to discuss Marvel's issues. I was going to say, Marvel's issues, we can talk about them. And I, I'm sorry, but I look at this and I, I... All right, so it's official. Disney has bought out Fox. Yes. I'm surprised this movie is even hitting the market, to be honest. It, it costs money, they're going to try and recoup it. And I guess, yeah. And, and 
I guess my question is: Is who's behind the movie? Is it Fox officially? Do they it's, get the money? Go back or does the, Disney on, get the back. subsidiaries? You know, um, if, what probably is going to happen is there's probably some kind of deal for. Well, there's not even a see. There's not even a credit at the right. Beginning. That's the thing. There's no credit to say who it's from. And that's where I'm kind of like, you know, does Fox get to keep the money from this? No matter, you know, if they make good money off of it and they get to keep it, Disney's going to kind of cry foul. But if it does poor, will Disney be held accountable for the fact that it does? You know what I mean? Like there's. See, I think Disney, a this is a win win for Disney. D- if it does well, Disney gets to say, no, oh, we bought the property. We're going to we're going to run with it now and make it even better. Because badly, Disney can say, we bought the property, we can now change it and bring it into the overall Marvel Universe the way it's supposed to be. Like, they can say whatever they want. They've got the power. Fox is the one that's kind of on the, 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 it's it's their thing to lose because something tells me they had a lot of money put up on this. And there's got to be agreements that they they can recoup their money. But now that Disney owns it, I just feel like Disney has all the power. And you know what's really weird here? It does say 20th Century Fox Fox presents. Now, the really weird thing here is Fox has nothing to lose either, though. I mean, really, when you think about it, if it does well, they can be like, yep, we produced that. Check that out. Or if it does poorly, they can be like, well, it's Disney's problem. Not my problem, right? (laughs) Like, it goes to somebody else, you know? Now, the interesting thing I find about this is one of our complaints always has been that the X-Men never look like the X-Men, right? They never wear the costumes. They're all ever wearing, like, plain Jane clothes and stuff like that. And for the first time in this movie, we finally see the X costume. They got the Frank Quietly X costume. Right. They've uh, We finally see Professor X in the X chair. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, part of me is sitting here saying, Fox, I think, was trying to do it right. Finally. At, too bad they waited till the very last movie to get it right, potentially. But I, I just, I find found that part of it interesting. Uh, would you guys, what do you guys think of this trailer? I mean... I mean, I've watched all of this series. When they first did the X-Men in the 60s. Right. And it had uh, Kevin Bacon and it had the the, the White Queen and all that. Uh-huh. And they did that. I, I liked that movie. I, I mean, did too. I liked the characters. I thought it was a good, well-produced movie. Then they did the sequel. I'm trying to remember what was the second one. That, I forget the name of it, but it had Havoc and it had the... A Days of Future Past. It was Days of Future Past. Okay, and yep. I liked that because... They took a bit. They crossed over Wolverine into it, you yep. know, and they got him to play the character. Peter they, Dinklage was. They in got it, Peter that's... Dinklage in it, which was great. <laughs> had the Sentinels, you know, they did an right. okay job. I felt like it got a bit away from the first movie, it turned mm. more into your standard superhero fare, but still was good. Then they did Apocalypse, Apocalypse, and I didn't enjoy Apocalypse. It started feeling like, well, now they're just doing big superhero films for the sake of. It's not feeling like it did before. It's like. It's, it's missing that whatever it had in the first one. And, and I didn't like the, the choices that were made and stuff like that. I didn't like the details. Now, I was this, just disappointed that Apocalypse didn't actually use the Four Horsemen the way they were intended. Like, yeah, there's that Angel joke. wasn't used as one of the Four Horsemen. Who were the other three? I always forget who the others were. Uh, Magneto's one of them. Thank yep. you, Magneto. Was he ever one in the comics? No. Right. No. So they used him. Right. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Psy- the- Psylocke. And, um... Yeah, it was Psylocke, played by Olivia Munn. Great. Uh, it was... Which um, I didn't think she did a great job with that character. I'm sorry. They didn't give her much to do. They didn't, yeah. And, and it, it's like I heard someone say, um, he, he has the power to control sand. He built their suits out of sand, so he builds her a suit with a circular boob window. Like, <laughs> right? it, it just yeah. made no sense that, what they did. And, uh, I, you know, I only think the only reason Olivia Munn ended up in that character is because she 
physically looked the part. You she know? very that, much. She was well cast. Right. It's just I wish they would have done something. With and her. I thought they said she was going to be. I don't know if she's in this at all or not. In, it doesn't in look like it. Anyway. I don't see anything in the trailer. But I wonder right. if there's any carryover. Now in the original comics, the Four Horsemen, from my my understanding or my my memory serves me correctly, it was Angel, the 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 winged warrior. Yes, with his metal uh, wings. With his metal wings, correct. Um, it was Ka- Ka- Caliban. Caliban, thank you, who was the uh, angel of death, right? Uh, who were the other two? I always forget in the comics who the other two were. Because those were the two that I always remember the most. Yeah, they weren't really... They weren't well-known. Yeah. They were like more... Uh, one was a Morlock, I believe. And I think another one was a New Mutant. And I can't remember who the other two were. But of, of the, you know, they were... They didn't stick to that, and I wish they would have. I wish we would have introduced the Morlocks and stuck to that. I wish we would have introduced these other characters, but we really we really didn't stick to that. And that, to me, that's that's um, almost sacrilege. So the original uh, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, it said there was a second incarnation, which okay. was Pestilence, War, which was Deathbird, Pestilence, which was Caliban, Famine, which was Ahab. Okay. Um, but it doesn't say all of them. Uh... I'd have to I'd have to look more and see. I can't remember. Yeah. I just remember I remember Angel's the one I remember the most because I, I remember I was really like that tore my heart out to see him changed and given the metal wings and, and becoming I see, an now angel. I went the other way. I thought Angel was always kind of a wimpy character with these, you know, feathery wings kinda, you know, you know. I can, they, I can fly. And then they, they ripped his wings off and gave him these metal wings and I was like, Yes, that's fight, what I'm talking about yeah, right here. Yeah, and I just I loved when they did that. I first off I like the fact that it was the fallen hero mm-hmm. archetype, you know, who comes back as, you know, this kind of bad boy. And then Apocalypse goes away, and now you've got this guy who's had, you know, his wings ripped off, and now he's got to deal with the the sadness of losing part of himself. And I thought there was a great storyline. There right was there a great storyline, but I remember I, I remember I always was upset that he he turned bad. Well, you, yeah, I think they got me. I think everybody got upset when yeah. he turned bad and then you kind of cheer him on when he came back to being good again. And yeah. you're like, yeah, go angel, you know? And then you're like, oh, now I really like his, you know, his metal wing. Now he's a bad boy. I love it. You know? And, so it was. I agree with you when we first like you know Apocalypse did it, and he's on the bad side. You're like, what? You know, yeah. like you get mad because he was one of the original X Men. And the other thing know? that I knew because I'd been reading X Men for a little while at that point was I'm like, oh, he's gonna be bad for a long time because right, they stretch yeah. their storylines yeah. out like four uh-huh. to five years yep. with these things. Uh, and it was just like I remember one time there was an end of an, a comic, and they came across. I think it was Rogue and Storm or something. They came across a, a crashed like shark thing and it was from space and they said oh it's the things that the brood ride These oh yeah, aliens. yeah i'm like yeah. the brood and then they literally it took four and a half years before they came back to that story right. and actually addressed that the brood were on earth doing right. something in a town and all that and i'm like wow they stretched this out <laughs> <laughs> it could take a long time for them and so as soon as i knew angel was bad i'm like oh, i'm gonna be dealing with this for a while yeah so i it's an interesting trailer uh I, i'm curious as to what they're gonna do with the movie part of me sits here and says again I'm surprised that it's even coming out, and more importantly... What do you think of uh, Mystique's redesigned look? I don't like it. I don't either. Like, uh, It doesn't look natural. No. It looks like paint on her face. Yeah. It used to be that she kind of looked like, you know, her skin was blue. Now it looks... Her I, hair is, like, way too yeah, red. Yeah. It's, like, f- a fake-looking Part wig. Part of me sits here and says, before Mystique was definitely CG. Like, you could tell it was well, no, CG'd it was a suit. on... 
It was the suit. suit was the suit. I'm talking about the face in particular. They, they added that stuff. That definitely yeah. was like, CG. When, especially when it moved. Right. Little, but. And I'm looking at this going, that's not CG. No. That actually is prosthetic makeup. And I'm almost wondering to get cheaper if they went with the makeup side, which is, I think, unfortunately going to look cheap in the long run. You know, right. it's unfortunate that it is. What about Jean Grey? I mean, like... Being the Dark Phoenix and and the, the Everything girl I'm, that's playing her, I was reading. Uh, you know, never read the comments, but I did anyway. <laughs> um, and so many people are saying the same thing that I kind of feel, which is we barely know Jean Grey, right? And we're doing Dark Phoenix. We just met her. Have they haven't earned it, right? And that's the problem we always said with DC jumping too quick to dust, Justice League. They hadn't earned it yet, and it's the same with this. I don't think they've earned this gigantic storyline with this actress yet. And that's the problem. I, I, you know. We don't even have the love story yet between Scott and Jean or Wolverine trying to cut in between the two. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so much buildup to that for her to become the Dark Phoenix. And I just don't feel like you're right that we've earned that part of it, that side of her yet, because quite honestly, we haven't seen enough of Jean to make it a thing. Uh, and it's kind of a shame because this could have been a bigger deal than it is. I'm like hopeful partly and then like could care less uh, if, other if, partly. If we you know? hadn't had Apocalypse. Being is how much I didn't like it. Yeah, I'd probably be more excited for this because I like most of these actors in these roles. Yeah, but the way I felt after Apocalypse, that has definitely made me feel like I have much less excitement Hope. for yeah. this because I I feel like that's where they're going with the storytelling is kind of just. I'm going to take a dramatic. wild guess here, and I'm just I'm putting it out there. I think this movie will not do well in the theaters. When does it come out? Um, I'm not even sure. Do they say? Probably at the very end. Well, it says coming soon. Yeah, coming um, soon. But if you, I think if we go down, I think there's actually a release date in the description, maybe. Uh, hang on. Nope. Nope. No information about when. Um, I don't think it'll do well in the theaters, but here's what I think will happen. It'll do well on video. I don't think people will pay the money oh, to go in the theater People are going to go to Blockbuster it. and pick it up for That's, sure. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like they'll download it, they'll they'll watch it that way. Right. Um, they'll they'll buy the Blu-ray or whatever you want to do. However, you get your movies or consume them. I think Netflix or whatever. I think this movie is gonna has been written to have an ending that can be an ending, right? And if that happens, it's probably been planned enough so that if need be, this is the end of this story with these versions of these characters, and we get a recast for the Marvel. Well, uh, for Space Four, I I didn't talk to you guys about this, and I should have. And and, and I could have saved this for Captain Marvel, but I won't. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it now. There is hints that they've already decided how they're going to reboot and move things into the Marvel universe. And I'd never thought about it until somebody wrote an article on it, and I went, "Oh my gosh, they're absolutely right." So Scott Lang gets lost in what the multiverse. The multiverse. Okay. So somebody said coming out of. Endgame. Let's say Scott Lang comes out of the multiverse, accidentally leaves the door open behind him. Okay. Not on purpose, but just didn't know it. So now that leaves the door open for a lot of things for mutants and X-Men to walk through from the multiverse side. Um, Now, there's been a lot of hints lately, and there's still this story out there that was actually done by... Uh, Disney themselves, they actually were behind a paper that wrote the story behind this, that they're guaranteeing that there's going to be some Avengers that you are not used to seeing showing up. In Endgame? In Endgame. Oh, I can believe it. 
I think I also think it's the reality stone. And so I I'm sitting here saying, true. and this is where I get excited. You could be looking at Hercules. Mm-hmm. You could be looking at Black Knight. Yep. All coming out of the multiverse as the door got left open, oops, by Scott Lang. Now all of a sudden these characters that you would have thought would never be somebody you would see and suddenly becomes a thing in them. And so they think, well, you could do weird things like Modoc. Yeah. If the multiverse door got accidentally left open, you could do Atlantis and all of a sudden you could bring in Namor. You could, you know what I mean? So there's all sorts of Fantastic Four could walk through that. You know what I mean? You like could have the Beyonder detected. Right, Beyonder comes, Right, I mean, so like all of a sudden, if that is a thing, and I'd never thought of that, like, so there, I guess Disney has to- come out right and said, be expecting at the end of this movie, the Avengers you used to know become a different Avengers, and the Avengers you were used to seeing way back when may come back in a different form, and I was kind of like, ah. You know, I, like, I think that, I do, I think it's, it's, I think Endgame, they said it's a it's a build to 10 years. Right. And it's three hours long. It's going to be massive. Yeah. Have you heard that they're actually considering putting a break in the I middle? I think it's a good idea. I think I, it is, I too. would love to have a 10-minute intermission. I, I was going to say, I'm going to want to go potty if we're yeah. in there for three hours. And I desperately or, I'm, or I'm not drinking that day. Right. Just so I don't have to worry about it. Or I'm going to have to hook up some sort of bladder machine to me. But that movie is going to be massive. Huge. Huge. I don't, you know, the numbers out of that movie, I would love to see the numbers when it's all said. Unbelievable. For I three, mean, and here's the thing: a three-hour movie. It in. A three-hour movie <laughs> means you're showing half the number of showings. Sure. You know, but yeah. it's probably going to be in like most theaters. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, and who would go up against it on the same weekend? Who's crazy I enough to go up against it? I don't think there's any game? releases for two weeks around it. I don't think. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I even could want be wrong to. about that, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go up against it. So. so I, I still think. I still think this. The dark. The dark phoenix is going to be. This is my prediction. It's going to be the end of that version of the universe that we know. Yeah, I think I think that her exploding as the Dark Phoenix will just get put an end to all of that. You know what I mean? Total kill off. Of it would everything. be it'd be interesting. And it, when does it, I wish I knew when it came out. It comes out after Endgame, so it's not like they could do some sort of surprise leading right. into Endgame with it. No, I don't think they will. They just they can't. Right? It's not. It doesn't come out. So I think it's a really easy way for them to just kind of end it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dark Phoenix exploding. <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to our next trailer, which is the trailer, the latest trailer for Captain, Captain, Captain Marvel. Obvious. Yeah, Captain Obvious is our... <laughs> <sighs> gotta love YouTube. Uh, the Captain Marvel trailer. Uh, you know, watching all these trailers, and I, I don't think they've spoiled too much about, about these movies. Is there anything in particular that you guys are, like, catching as visuals in this that go, wow, that's pretty cool, or... Um, you know, is there anything in particular? I mean, this is the first Marvel character who's going out and out Superman. This is the first. Right. When you think about all the Marvel characters, they're, I mean, granted, Doctor Strange has a lot of power. Yeah. He's pretty powerful. But for the most part, these heroes are, I mean, Vision used to be one of your top tier powerful characters yeah. in the universe, you know, up until recently. Until you get Thor. Oh, well, Thor. I was going to say Thor, Thanos. I would think. Thor is your top. As an equivalent. Um and then you get Thanos, you know, right. who's who's the super huge. But th- we haven't had a lot of characters who are this power level. So mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting take for Marvel to kind of go all out superhero, like big superhero, right. like sp- can fly into space from Earth, can pick up a building. Can, who knows what the power level is? But that's what I'm interested in seeing them do because we haven't had that yet. So what does that do to the Marvel universe when something that big and that right. powerful comes in? How do all the other characters react to it? Well, I think it's interesting that they're setting this in the 1980s, too. 
Which, you know, I, I just sit here and I say, how could something like this happen and none of the other characters know about her? You know what I mean? Like, how does Thor not know that Captain Marvel exists if she's that powerful? Well, yeah, Hemadol you know I mean? would be like, able to see her. Right, like Hemadol would be seeing what's going Cap- well, on. Well, Captain America would know he's frozen. Right. Well, Tony, I, Tony true, Stark would be frozen Tony Stark might hear about it, but he's, what, a kid? I guess I mean, that's he's true. He's like not too old. B- Banner would be a kid also. Banner would probably be a kid also. Vision didn't exist. Wanda and Scarlet Witch are in Europe as probably children. True. It, or not even existing. Or maybe not even born yet, depending on their age. There's uh, a lot that didn't exist in the 80s, according to the cinematic version of the universe. And according to the Marvel Comics, there was a lot more. But cinematically, and it didn't build up until. It, it, and it, how it, old? I just. So it, part of me sits here. Sorry, Gary. Part of me sits here and watches this and says, how old exactly is Nick Fury? By the time the cinematic universe, because uh, if he's around in the 1980s and he's an adult, is it the, the 80s or the 90s? It's supposed to be the 80s. I thought it was the 90s. No, because of Blockbuster. 80s. Blockbuster wasn't big in the 80s. It was 90s. I'm pretty sure it's the 80s. I'll, I'll look it up while while Gary talks. I'm sorry, Gary. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Thor wouldn't know nothing about it because he's off in uh, Asgard. He, he, but like with Hemadol, because he can see everything, would he say there's a really powerful something out there? He, he wouldn't probably wor- think that she's worthy. It affected them. Yeah, he, that yeah. she's worthy of uh, Asgard's attention. 95. I thought okay, it was so it is. Okay. Because they show the her crashing down into a blockbuster video, and you did not have those video stores in the 80s. Well, did you hear what they did with their website for Captain Marvel? <laughs> oh, the Magic Eyes? Did you see those? Okay, there was that. I okay. saw those. But they actually made it in MySpace page. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So if you go to CaptainMarvel.com, it brings up a MySpace page about Captain Marvel, which I thought, you know, I was like, okay, that, that's a nice throwback and a little, you know, a really cool touch to, and yeah, the 1990s. That's really sad that the 1990s are now considered old. Yeah. Um, I remember the 90s very well. I graduated college in the 90s. 95, I'd have been a freshman in college. You're old, Bob. I'm old. Shut up. I'm older than you. He was a freshman in college. I was already graduated from college. <laughs> One thing I do like that I've seen in quite a few trailers now is her mohawk version yeah, of the costume. I, like I that they love got that. that version of that costume. I always have, and I'm glad that they're bringing it in. I'm glad it's not all the green costume that we saw. People worried. Worried. Yeah, people worried. We always said, you know, hey, there might be That's a good reason. She, she's right? a Cree at that point. Right. She's in the, the uniform. It totally makes sense. She and hasn't turned into Captain Marvel. I think this this is an origin story in the end. Right. It's a it's story about be how an origin she, story. she becomes Captain Marvel. So what do you think the big tie-in here, other than we know that one of the tie-ins has got to be the her and Fury are together. What's another big tie-in, you think, well, to I Endgame? Think I agree with you to some extent that the Skrulls are going to be important. I think the that's going to be huge. The fact that it introduces the Skrulls coming to Earth, being able to take on other shapes, there's going to be something there, definitely. Fury losing his eye. Fury losing his eye. Oh, we'll that's see. true, because he's got think, both eyes I still here. think it's the cat that does it. Huh? I still think it's the cat that does it. You think it, the cat it, does it? takes his eye out. Apparently that cat's pretty important in this movie. Yeah, well, he's got his own poster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a great poster of just yep. the cat when they did character posters. Yeah, I heard the cat plays a major role, which is weird. Well, the it, cat does in the, the, com- cat make in the a, comics. It's, it's, did he play it's a major role in the yeah, comics? Yeah, well, it's a, it's some, I don't know the whole backstory behind it, but apparently it's it's important enough that... He's Rocket's father. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so here's another character that I thought about as I was watching a trailer the other day for this. What about Star Fox? Yeah, yeah, I'd love he. I wouldn't used to follow a, him when he was an Avenger. Wouldn't it be a cool character to pull in through Captain Marvel Kree? at some point? No. What was he? No, he no, was, he was um, he was one of the um, elders. or Yeah, something. he was one of the elders that that fell out of favor with yeah. the rest of the elders, and and Captain Marvel brought him to Earth because she thought it would be a safe place for him to get away from the other elders and uh, keep him safe. So he ends up joining the Avengers, and yeah, right. uh, I don't know why I like that character. Here's I one have. I want to see. 
you, you want to talk about characters you'd love to see appear that are kind of obscure? I'd love to see the Gladiator. <laughs> okay. I yes. would love to see him show up in the Marvel Universe because he is strong and yeah. tough and powerful and cosmic level, and I would love to see him. My daughter, Tara, pointed out the other day, she said, you know, the one character, Dad, that I, I can't believe they haven't introduced is the Enchantress. And I'm like, she makes a valid point. We've never seen the Enchantress in the MCU yet, and she played a major role in the Thor universe, so why hasn't she been introduced? I don't... She could be a fun character to play around with, too. Yeah. I'll agree with you. One I'd love to see show up, and I don't think there's any way they could... Well, they could. They, heck, they made Rocket Raccoon and Groot work. They could make right. this work. Was the champion. Oh, the <laughs> I have okay. the double issue of the champion. Uh-huh. He came and boxed all the superheroes yep. for the fate of the Earth. Yes. And the only one to keep going at the end was the thing. Yep. Because um, all the rest got beat up and stuff. The Hulk could have beat him, probably, but the Hulk went rage and... The, the champion said, I will not fight a mindless beast and made him well, go away. There's so many but. great Marvel teams, too, that we, have, we haven't even touched on. Like, I'd love to see Alpha Flight at some yep, point. Yep, we've got no Alpha Flight. We've, we've never had, touched that. We've got a know? lot of good ones there. We've got, like I said, I'd like to see the champion. I would like to see, uh, well, finally, Galactus done right needs to come yeah. in. Yeah, Moon Knight. Has he never was appeared. one I, I was going to bring up. Moon Knight is a great character with a, with a you know a, a schizophrenic kind of two right. personality superhero. Plus, he's got that, that Egyptian connection yep, too, which I always thought was cool. There. You know, and there's just there's a lot of characters they haven't pulled in yet. You know, when everybody says, "Oh, well, Marvel just seems to be keep going and keep going," I'm like, "Have you looked at the universe for Marvel? I mean, they built a massive, massive universe. Um, you know, and DC has too. I'm not ripping on DC, but the the real reality is Marvel." It's big. It's huge. Yeah. And yeah, the Star Jammers is what I want to see. Oh, yeah. Star Jammers would be kind of cool, too. They would power really Pack. Power, yeah, yeah. Power <laughs> Pack. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What was what was the group with Forlom or Forrom or whatever? Do you know what I'm talking well, about? Forlom's that? a bounty hunter. No, but there was, there was a... <laughs> There's Rom the Space Knight. Rom the Space Knight. That's what I I'm never followed of. him much, but I remember seeing the comics. I just would be like, you know, that would be interesting at some point to see that. I mean, if we're going to go to... Well, heck... If we're going to do... Oh, well, here's Silver the other one. Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. Here's the other one. Did you guys hear about this? Hulu got the rights to Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. And handed all of the ownership to it to Kevin Smith. To go and write a Howard the Duck TV show, <laughs> yeah. and I'm kind of like, oh my gosh! Like, if anybody could do Howard the Duck right, it's probably going to be Kevin Smith. Uh, I'd see, I'd watch that. By the way, be prepared for f bombs. I oh, guarantee yeah. it, and probably some duck sex somewhere oh, in the middle of that duck, show. Maybe duck human sex. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but, but they better keep Seth Green as uh, Howard, though. <laughs> Was he the one who did the voice of Howard? Did he, did he the... voice Howard the Duck yes. originally? Really? No, no, in the. Uh, MCU. Oh, in the MCU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's a fact I didn't know. <laughs> Did you know that in The Force Awakens, Bill Hader voiced BB-8? Really? They Seriously. called him in, and they, they modified his voice, and he did a lot of the sound effects with his own voice, doing weird noises, and they modified it more, and they used it. He said since then they didn't wow. need him. They did it digitally, but for the first right. movie, they used Bill Hader. All right, I have a little so more actually, for Bill he's Hader. He's a now. Star Wars autograph you can officially get as the voice of BB-8. Huh, Wow. Well, that's what I'm going to have to chase down now. Yeah. Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. You love her. You cherish her. But let's face it, she's a lot. I can't eat anything here. 
Because she's provocative. Because she's magnetic. Because there's always something. There's nobody good here. You give her the sun, the moon, and the stars. But for now, give her something to distract her. Cartier presents the diamond-encrusted fidget spinner. 14-karat gold embedded with princess-cut diamonds designed to calm her because she, quote, has anxiety. So fast. You do you and her do that. I'm balancing it. She's vivacious. She's feisty. She told you she's thinking of opening a restaurant. And you're like... I guess. <laughs> Give her something to focus on, because let's face it, she's been reading The Goldfinch for two years. She litters. She has to take cabs because her Uber rating is so low. When she's around gay men, it's exactly how you think it would be. And you know she's a completely different person with her family. Hi, Daddy. Intriguing. Addictive, a way to pass the time. I'm talking about the fidget spinner. Hey, can we go? I'm really sick. Hey. Okay. Cartier fidget spinner. Because God, the sex is good. In the sea, there are big fish and there are little fish. The same is true on land. But which are you? Isn't it time to define yourself? At Shark, we have different Shark credit cards based on your level of insecurity. Let your credit card color define you. Go on a shopping spree with a red Shark card. The great white Shark is a beast of a card. Everyone in the restaurant will see it and know you are the ultimate predator. Tiger Shark is for the flamboyant spender. The Bull Shark for the violent aggressive predator who hunts in all kinds of environments. Or there's the charitable basking shark. The card for the slow-moving liberal with no teeth. Shark for the apex predator. It's the new Boba Fett Star Wars large-size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Capture them alive! I'm the best bounty hunter in the whole galaxy. That's why you got the job. Boba Fett has a see-through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective. You can move his legs, knees, arms, even wrists and elbows. His backpack unit is removable. You have your mission. Good luck. I don't need luck. I'm the best. New Boba Fett Star Wars large-size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world.
Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Speaking of Star Wars, let's move on <laughs> to our next topic. Uh, recently, uh, Topher Grace, right, was the one who was kind of given the apparently, okay, to do this. Going back even further, Topher okay. Grace apparently did an edit of all three Star Wars prequels. Okay. Into one movie. All right. That apparently flows so well and retells the story so well that it was shown, I think, at Lucasfilm okay. and stuff. I think they've people have watched it and loved it, and he did this edit, which you can't find anywhere, but... Ugh. He apparently, I don't know, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But apparently it's this great edit of the three prequels into one movie. Like one long movie, like two right. and a half hours. But yeah. it, it goes really, really well, apparently. So he's a super, super fan. And he has a big love of editing, of oh, the, oh, yeah. the art of editing. He yeah. always has. So th- when people go, Topher Grace, making an edited trailer, his his love of both That's Star Wars and right. editing go way back. So he did this this trailer called Star Wars Always. And it edits together pretty much every... Right, it's all of them. It's scenes from every movie. Because even The Last Jedi's in... Yeah, yep. Last Jedi's in this, too. So, uh, Rogue, yeah. Rogue One's in it, too. Rogue, Rogue One's it in Rogue it. Rogue One's uh, Han Solo. Um, Ten, I think he said... I think they said it, it has 11... 11 films in it? Probably about No, no, right. 10. 10, because 9 hasn't come out yet. So there's right. 10 films in it. And it, I got to admit, like, when you look at the trailer, you're kind of like, wow, this is a really good, well thought out, put together, like... Here's the Star Wars storyline in five minutes. Yeah. Well, someone said <laughs> if someday when my kids are old enough, this when they like, Dad, why do you love Star Wars? He's like, this is the trailer. I'll show them to get them interested. Right. Like if you watch this and then go watch Star Wars, I think it might actually get your blood pumping a little bit more for like wanting to actually go see it and put it all together. And 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 it's it's kind of a shame that that this wasn't the trailer you know that we got to see the first time around i have a feeling this will be playing at celebration someone's gonna have this. oh i'm sure yeah i just it's i just i'm impressed it's it's well put together well thought out and i like the fact that it it's not chunky it's not all about obi-wan here and luke there all about han solo there he kind of interconnects it and intersperses it so it's more about the storytelling and less about the character per se uh throughout the whole thing well here pause it for a second we just had a good moment there what he does a lot of is finding the connections between movies from distances. Right. He just did the scene from Solo where Chewie and Han are talking, and he goes, well, what's your name? And Han, or Chewie, does a big, long grunt. Right. And Han goes, well, I'm going to have to give you a nickname. I'm not saying that every time. And it immediately cuts to a shot of Han running through the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars going, Chewie, get us out of here. Yeah, get us out of here. So it's like it uses that moment where he screams out his nickname and ties it back. And he does, there's... You have to watch this trailer like five or six times, but there's tons it, of those connections. Yeah. The one thing I liked is the music that they started playing when Han Solo started. It was from Solo. Yeah, that was music right from Solo. Right, but still, it was also like a like a Western. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did he know that? So I do like that was the one thing I was like I liked the music and the way he interwove it all. Like it actually, he did a really good job of taking John Williams's music and intercutting and intersplicing it together. And making it fit and make you go, oh, wow, that music all fits together. Even when you didn't expect it to fit together, somehow it does. Mm-hmm. Even stuff from The Force Awakens and Last Jedi and all that. And uh, apparently this was done with him and a friend over a weekend. Really? This yeah. was done over a weekend? His, their wives were out of town and they did this as like oh a weekend gosh. project. This would take me weeks to get put together something like this, to be thinking about it like this. Mm-hmm. But that just tells you... I think how his mind works. Yeah, I mean, like he's, he's, he's into the art of film, totally into the art of film, and and even some of those scenes where we're looking at the like just the water hitting the rocks and the plants growing, and you know he's talking about the power of the force and the fact that it's 
between you, me, the rocking tree, everything, and just yeah, it was, it's a well put together trailer. So Star Wars always, I highly suggest it. Go check it out. Um, it's totally worth your five minutes of time. And like to me, it made me swell up a little bit and go, yeah, that's the Star Wars I grew. You know, that's my Star Wars right there. That's what I'm talking about. It's got a lot of good emotional beats. And there are people out there who are saying for for those who are Jedi, last Jedi haters. People are like, if you take a look at this trailer, you will see that there are thematical connections right. that, there they are some carry, connections that they did carried over. Partly, I wonder if those connections were more being made by Topher actually editing it a certain right. way. But yes, there are clearly, I mean, there's always thematic connections that do carry through. Um, but it's interesting. He, he, he edits this really well and does a good job of telling a compact story. Yeah. And overall, I... Um you know, The Last Jedi, the more I watch it, the less I like it. That's the sad part of this movie. Whereas with the other episodes. With the other movies, like Rogue One's starting to grow on me a little bit. Han Solo. I like Han Solo. I, every time I watch it now, it gets better and better. And I don't like, know seriously. why. There are people out there saying, oh, they bombed with Han Solo. And I don't get it. I don't I think don't they did. I don't get it either. I, I, know actually, it did, I, I mean, they, they bombed money-wise. But yeah. I don't think the movie was bad. I don't think it was the fault of Han Solo. It was the fault of The Last Jedi yeah, that it bombed exactly. money-wise. And that's that's a shame. I, I still say to this point that it's unfortunately Han Solo got overshadowed by a cruddy Last Jedi movie that, um, like I said, I enjoyed it when I went and saw it initially. And the more I watch it, the less I like it, which this is the first film where, like, the more I watch it, the more I go, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm and it's weird because I was against you guys at first going oh i liked it i thought yeah. it was good we were the, now, we were the naysayers and you were the naysayers and now the more and more i watch it the more i'm joining you guys going yeah i can see what they're saying uh, you know so it's interesting it's, go check it out it's totally worth your time i mean i'm interested in seeing what happens with uh episode nine i am too i i, I really want to see can jj wrap this up in a nice neat little what, bow. I, I, what i'm most to. curious about i'm most curious about the statements that have been made we want to course correct yep. we want to uh, I saw an article that said I keep hearing redemption is a word yeah or you know back you know? for the fans or right. even the, the whole the whole story of Lucas coming back to help navigate yeah. some of the story and help J.J. Abrams a bit what does that mean for are they tying it back to his original vision where he wanted to go somehow I'm just very curious as to what what they're how they're going to do this you know and I know the title of the, this, but it's going to be. What is it? It's going to be Star Wars: The Return of Mel Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> I could only hope. Or Mel Keeley's Revenge. There are a lot of loose ends too. I've been thinking about that they have to tie up, and if they don't, like what? It will be massively disappointing. Well, I mean, the Knights of Ren. If they don't tie that loose end up, and it just is, I'm really there. hoping we get just an action movie with Kylo and the Knights of Ren going hard against the last of the Resistance, and the Resistance going hard back against them, and it's a battle movie, well, like I, epic scale though, not yeah. a couple ships chasing in a space. Well, I, I, I think you have you have to tie that together. I think you have to finish up with Canto Bite. I still don't think you tied that story up because you got that I, kid you got that kid out there i'm just pointing that i still feel out. like that kid is supposed to be a flash to the future trilogy well i'm sure it is I i'm sure it's a flash to rian johnson but you got to tie that up somehow like whether you're for future telling and that's a post credit scene or whatever something has to tie that together right. okay i uh, i really do think you have to somehow tie together whatever happened between luke 
and Kylo. Like, I still don't think you've... You haven't told the whole story. Right. We only get bits and pieces of it, one from one side and one from the other, but we still don't know the whole story. And if you don't tie that together at some point, to me, a lot of Star Wars fans are going to be like, well, screw it. I don't even... You know, like... I I just... I don't know. You you have to do something to tie that together. And if you don't, you're going to lose a lot of fans out of that. Um, And then there's just small things, you know, that have to... I don't know. Have to get played out. Go ahead, Gary. I want to see who Snoke was. Who, that too. Who, who's Ray's parents? Who who's the parents yep. really are? Um, we'll have to see if they stick with the whole they're right. nobodies or not. I would love to see the people that go against Kylo Ren as the Knights of Ren teaming up with the the Resistance. Oh, you think the Knights of Ren won't like his totalitarian approach? Right. And I wonder I, 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 if the Knights of Ren end up being the start of the new Jedi Order. I, I, well, what, what I'm thinking is is the Knights of Ren got screwed by Kylo Kyle. Ren <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. You maybe, know. maybe he steps over them to gain more power for himself and, right. and leaves them behind. And yep. Maybe they find the Jedi way is more along their lines than I, I, Well, I can see him side. I can see him hunting down the Knights of Ren the same way Vader hunted down the Jedi because yeah. he can't have competition. Right. But but I don't think that they're the Jedi's that they that everybody thinks they are. I don't think they're Jedi's at all. You think they're like Mandos and stuff like yes. that? Okay. But they were. I think they were part of the school. I think they were part of the Jedi school. Well, that's the implication they give, but they yeah, never come out and say right. it. That's, exactly. They never say it. They imply right. it. Because didn't he say they? Or we make assumptions. I thought Kyle, they said he took some of the students. Yeah, and he, he, and he, he did. And but they never say the students are the Knights of Ren. They don't. Right. You know what I mean? Know, like that's yeah, exactly. And the Knights of Ren could have just been a group of fighters or mercenaries. I still love the concept art that we saw back during Force Awakens for the original, the close-ups of the Knights of Ren. And yeah. the different, the, you know, the one was called the Armory, right. and the one was, you know, he was a weapons person and all yep. that. I liked those designs. I really hope they keep some of them, or and, at least and, and, don't go too far from them. I mean, obviously, and, and Jedi Killer Dillion. And Jedi, Kill, Jedi, Jedi, Jedi Killer Dillion is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I knew you were going to bring that I, up. I want to meet him. I really do. I, I want to bring him. Bring him in. He's an animatronic in uh, the Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's get to our next topic. <laughs> See, they, they're starting to lead me in now. So uh, there was a huge release this week by DSNY, and it, it was out of uh, what's Disney's Disney's blog. Yeah, their blog, and what's their convention? Uh, D whatever. D twenty three. That's not. It hasn't happened yet. D twenty three is not for no? till the fall. I think it was mostly from uh, Disney's news network and from the blogs. From about the, blogs. the par- park okay. blogs. So, so they released massive new details about uh, Star Wars The Galaxy's Edge, which is going to be the big Star Wars theme park in... I mean, unless you've been living on a rock, you wouldn't know about this thing. Uh, it's going to be at Disney World and Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland... They- in next summer in summer. Disney World this fall? Am I reading? I th- yeah, I think I land opens up a few months before, uh, before World does in right, uh, so, Florida. So Disneyland this summer and then the fall is Disney World. I, I got to be honest. I mean, my Heather and I have even talked. Like, even if I wanted to go, I, I wouldn't go for the first year to year oh, and a God, half. Oh, my gonna gosh. Be... It's, it's going to be a chaos down there. I, I love Gary. You found a meme earlier tonight. It was like... Uh, the line for Galaxy's Edge starts here, and it's the state line of Florida. You know, like, that's pretty much what it's going to be I mean, like. I saw another one where Disney, they posted a picture of, you know, concept art of Galaxy's Edge. And it shows, right. like, 20 people walking around a uh-huh. courtyard. And then they say, actual Galaxy's Edge. And it's all like this is a wall of people, people. You can't yeah. see anything. Can't even move if you're in that uh. crowd. <laughs> and that's going to be my concern. It'll be like that at least for, I'm going to say, like, five years. I mean, I'm, like I mean I, the only way I think that they can get around that is having a, a minimum. Like, you, so many right. tickets are sold per day. 
into this into this park. I, I and after think that, that might like, have, they may have to consider that. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, which means they could be a backlog years before you can they get could into be. the place. Yeah, yeah, and I I do think of all the Disney parks they're going to put together, this is going to be probably one of the biggest money makers Disney's ever going to have put together. Yeah, this is where, I mean, granted, I'm looking at all the stuff they're talking about through these videos, the amount of money they must be putting into these two parks. I mean, two full, complete parks with all the technology and all the food and all the restaurants and all the sets and all the designs and all the art and all the actors and all of this. So I got another one for you that I'm hearing lots of rumors about, and and we'll get back to the Disney park here in a minute. There's rumors that Disney's looking at this going, okay, if, if we can cash cow this thing and we're making billions and i mean b billions off of it their next potential park guess take a wild guess uh disney, disney uh galaxy's edge japan no france marvel Europe. a marvel park oh i can believe them doing a marvel park sure they're they're thinking about having and having them in the same like disney park right next to Marvel or uh, Galaxy's Edge right next to a Marvel park. Right. And Marvel Park they're talking about like making a New York City with the Avengers Tower, Peter Parker's lab, you know, like all you know, Oscorp, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Put it all together all in one place and have people all go in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, could you imagine those two things have that's that's a trillion dollar industry in a month. Oh, they, easy. You know, they, like Disney definitely has a a World owning amount of money they could make off these things. All that near to- the the toy, the Toy Story Land. People I mean, have to have the money to spend to go there. And right. if this is priced out of your average person's range to be able to afford, I mean, a family of four, I don't see how they can afford to do this. Trip. We were talking about that. Like we're looking at all the things. We'll talk about some of it here in a minute. You're going to be spending at least. I mean, my, my brain's like processing this. Going, I'd be spending at least two thousand dollars by myself, what, like what, without buying any yeah. souvenirs or anything else. Probably two thousand dollars just to go there and like what eat. What is <laughs> you know? what does Disney cost now? It's it's a hundred bucks a day per person, isn't it? Actually, it's a little more than that now. It's one hundred twenty-five. They brought the price up. So you're spending. So if you had a family of four. You're, you're spending five hundred dollars a just day to walk in the door to go in. Yep. Not including hotel. Right. Not including travel. Not including food. Right. So this is five hundred dollars to walk in the door. This is getting priced out of the range of average people with families to be able to do I, these days. I, I really do think that this could potentially price out families. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They they may have to have some sort of discounts or something. I don't know. I, at the same time, though, if they keep the ticket prices the same, and this is what you get for your ticket price. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, we'll have to see how that plays out for Disney. I don't know if they can keep that that kind of a thought process going through. Uh, it, it is absolutely incredible the things we are seeing here. I got to be honest. I, I'm I'm impressed with what Disney's thinking through and what they are hoping will be things. For example, the rides. I'm I'm the rides themselves look incredible. You know, the the fact that you can get on Han Solo's ship and mm-hmm. go on a mission. Um, that's just an incredible idea to me. You got a Millennium Falcon that's full size right there, uh, you know, looking at you. I, I even look at like just the designs for the shops and stuff like that. Like, I mean, somebody seriously knows their Star Wars and really is thinking this all through and really, um, you know, to see moisture evaporators everywhere, a, a build your own droid area. Like you can build your own the, lightsaber with a kyber crystal and a whole nine yards. I like the one shop where you can go and buy food that's being cooked over a pod racer engine. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they're thinking things through. Uh, well, blue milk and green milk everywhere, which I think is hysterical. I think it's a great idea. Whoever thought that up, yes. They like, need they need <laughs> drones flying over this thing to look like ships flying in and out. Uh, yeah, I think it would, yeah, it would actually would so be So you look up in the cool sky and you see like TIE fighters go by or an yeah. X-Men go by. Actually, that would be a really cool idea, Eric. Okay? And 
don't think they're above. Oh, it. I'm sure. I'm sure they... that some of that stuff's being thought up of and and, and put together. And um, I, I also look at this and I go, gosh, I hope my kids, you know, not now, but in the very near future, have some kids so I can take them there. Yeah. <laughs> so I have an excuse to take some kids there. Could you imagine being a kid going to this for the first time? I mean, like. I think about all the things as I, as a kid that I always wanted. Like this would be my dream vacation oh, yeah. of like, oh my gosh, if you took me there, I would love you for life kind of moment. You know what I mean? Like it w- it would just totally. Um, and then I'm looking at the food that they're they, they spend serious time talking about the oh, food. Oh, like there's a good. F- it's a 12 minute video. They spend about right. three minutes talking um, about food. just the food. And I'm I'm looking at the food going, oh my gosh, like you're not talking cheap food here. You're talking top shelf everything, top top of the line this, top of the line that. Um, they're they're making what are they calling it like a virtual lightsaber? They reality, think right? they don't quite know how the lightsabers are going to be done yet, but they're thinking that they might be some kind of virtual. And let me tell you, speaking from experience, I hope they don't give a bunch of kids plastic lightsaber toys. I yeah, <laughs> just I mean, I'm thinking about the guys who are going to have to be in costume around those things. It, yeah, it's and not getting a fun whacked. Ex- getting whacked. It's not a. Fun I'm going to go over and hit every single stormtrooper with right, right. Sword. Yeah, I'm going to beat all the stormtroopers. You know, it's just it's not a fun experience. So I think they have to almost do something like that, or, or it's it's. <laughs> doesn't work out for them even the food i'm looking at like they they were talking about just popcorn in a rtd2 container yeah. i'm kind of like that would actually that would I, i'd be happy with that you know what i mean just something like that here's the thing i, I don't trust about all this concept art okay none of these look like functioning stores right the concept art looks like the types of things you'd actually see in star wars without organized lines right without safety arrows telling you where to go with things hanging everywhere that could be yanked down by a kid uh-huh. with, you know reaching i really think that the concept art is great for concept but i have a feeling the final stuff we're going to get is going to be a bit more commercialized looking <laughs> and a little less authentic star wars right. looking than they're what they're showing you here in these concept arts the one thing that they did cover that scares me a little is the amount of costumes that they're going to have yeah and and just the costumes in general the quality the quality well I, i'm actually not worried about the quality i'm looking at the quality of those no costumes it's gonna be going, good they're really good quality yeah. costumes um and i worry about that because for costumers it's actually gonna make some of us look bad as far as like our costume quality compared to what disney's now you know selling selling but how much here's the thing they show those outfits a full outfit how much is that outfit gonna run you right oh i want to dress like a sith that's another 200 bucks added on to your and it now explains i think why anovos all of a sudden lost their disney contract because i i truly think disney did that because they want to have the money proprietary going to them i I really think that's going to be the ultimate and that's the ultimate thing i want to be able to do that's all i want to do i want to go to the park and eat pork that's, you know, <laughs> just give me a pork sandwich. I'll be good. Pork on a stick. Pork on a stick. I'll be good with it. I'm going to eat pulled pork. Matter of fact. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Tara and eat the pork right in front of her. Yeah, right there. I thought it was interesting that they kept emphasizing there's going to be a, a cantina. A lot of alcoholic drinks. That there's, yeah, there's a lot of alcoholic drinks, but they also kept emphasizing, I don't know if you guys caught it, that they'll be clearly marked the yeah. alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. Like, they're really worried about families. And I'm kind of like, have you been to Disney parks? Because, like, in other parts of the park, they could care less about right. what's marked alcoholic and what's not. You know, you go into the Dixieland <laughs> shop and nobody cares that there's beer next to Coca-Cola for the kids. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why they're worried about it. Well, because these are not, because these are weirdly named space drinks where everyone's got to know. And a kid's got to be, want to be like, I want the fuzzy Tauntaun. Yeah, that's blue and red. Well, it's also got alcohol. (laughs) It it does need to be clearly marked. (laughs) What do you guys, there's a lot to consider when you're creating a park where you're trying to do an immersive world that we're not used to. And yet 
still following all the safety rules, guidelines, crowd control, right. emergency exits, uh, lighting, uh, legalities, food, food poisoning, OSHA, <laughs> all that stuff. I'm just I'm looking at it thinking like from a fire marshal standpoint, this could fire be, marshal, could be fire their hazards. worst nightmare. There's there's know? a lot that they've got to be doing to to accommodate oh for gosh, all that. I can't even imagine what that you know what I mean what that would look like. And then lines. Yeah, uh, they they they, does, they make this all sound like you're just going to walk around and walk into stores or whatever. No, they need to be able to accommodate gigantic lines. <laughs> and they did say like the even the Millennium Falcon experience. What is it? Twenty one minutes from the time you start till the time you get not the to Millennium the Falcon end. one. The the um the resist the, re- the join the rebellion right. one the was twenty eight minutes from start to finish. Right, but it's not minutes. the ride. They're including all your experience, your pre experience, yeah, your your introduction to yeah. your yeah. And I, I'm not saying the ride, but I'm just saying think about that, just in general. Twenty eight minutes to get from the beginning to the end. That's once once you're a in lot it. of people, you got it. You're right. Once you're in it, so who knows how long the line outside of it's going to be? <laughs> so what is it? A two hour experience in reality? Just a, you know what I mean? Like that's that's incredibly insane. Oh, I think I think your lot your first two hours being, are standing out in the sun before right. you even get in the first. Before you even yeah, that's 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 yeah. Disney. That's what happens. And so part of me sits here and says. As epic, as amazing as this is, it may get frustrating very quickly, oh, you know. And this is why we're saying I can't imagine unless, unless you're just so diehard and you're used to this stuff. And I can't imagine going. But at the same time, you know, it, years. you know what's interesting too, though, is is everybody said the same thing about Toy Story Land that when it would first open up, oh my gosh, the lines would be huge, to be massive. They had one day where the lines were massive and people waited for two to three hours to get on a ride just to, you know. Do the army men or whatever it is that they yeah. are doing, right? And apparently they worked the tweaks out after that first day, and lines have been like maybe forty-five minutes since then. So this is hope. Star Wars. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, there's hope. I'm just saying this is different because you're gonna have more people. Like, yeah, you want to think the Toy Story is that big, but it's not. Star Wars is much bigger, yeah. and it'll just be yeah. interesting to see. Would you guys? ever go down there like let's say you won the lottery tomorrow and you could go down there and just kind of relax and chill would you do it oh if i won the lottery and i could be like okay i can go to the park for four days and every day i'm gonna go to star wars because i can take my time to not care that i'm missing out because i can come back three more days yeah i'd do it but if i was like oh i'm going to disney for one day i'd be afraid to even try and get into star wars land because i might see one thing right you know i might be lucky if i get into one restaurant and get some food and that was my day it sounds like I hope they're planning around that. But what is here? The problem I have is I have only one experience with Disney. I went to Disney World in Florida, mm-hmm. and I went in September. <laughs> it was right after the Florida schools started up again, so the locals weren't there. Right. It was the end of the summer season, so there wasn't a, the tourist thing was down, and we had a hurricane risk coming right. towards Florida. We only had two and, days. And it was near celebration. It was right? near celebration. <laughs> but we, you know, which I would have thought would make even more people go to Disney. But it, it, the way it worked out was because I think of the hurricane. Right. We went into Disney. The longest wait we had on any ride was 10 minutes. Right. And I'm talking, we went on Space Mountain and we walked right up and got in the first car. Yep. Like nonstop. There was no one ahead of us. We went on the Haunted Mansion. That one may have been a 10 minute wait. Ten minutes for the Haunted Mansion. We rode Thunder Mountain twice. We went on. I had a list of every ride we did. And we went in. We, I mean, we were able to go to Tomorrowland. And yeah. we, we took time to take the Carousel of the Future, whatever thing. Yeah, we, we did had that, Because we had the time. We did that, we too. Ro- we rode yep. the train around the place. We, you know, on the Sky Trolley. The, we, the People Mover. The People Mover. Yeah. We went to 
ditches escape because we had the time. Yeah, we, did too. We, we rode Winnie the Pooh. We rode Peter Pan. We uh-huh. went on. We went on the the, the cruise, uh, Tom we, Sawyer's boat ride, because we, we, we had went, the time. We went just before celebrate. I think you went just after. Yeah, right? we went just before, and even then, it was like there weren't a lot of people in the park. I was. We were surprised. I mean, like we like rattled off things left yes. and right, boom, 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 and you know. We even, you know, like you said, we 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 did uh, Davy Crockett's Cove, which I yep. thought would take a while. Nope, we, we climbed the right tree. We climbed that. the treehouse. We did Pirates right. of the Caribbean, Hall of the Presidents. We walked right in. Yeah, I remember I waiting. Hall, I didn't do Hall of the Presidents. I remember waiting forty five minutes to an hour when I was a kid to go into the Hall of Presidents. We walked in. I was like, boom, we sat. I was like, yeah. wow, like there, it. I yeah. will never have an experience at Disney like that. I'm ruined for Disney <laughs> because the first time I ever went. I just had finished working for Lucasfilm doing a Star Wars mural. Right. I got engaged to my wife, and we spent the day at, one day at Disney, one day at Epcot, and both times we were able to do every single thing in the park, like nonstop all day, no delays, no lines, no backups, no just you don't get this Disney experience. No. Yeah. So I can't go. I can't go back to this. If I go back to Star Wars, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have decided if you're going to go to this Star Wars land, the Fast Pass is going to have to be a must. There, it's just no way if you want to do everything you want to do. Yeah. You're going to have to get the Fast Pass. Gary, but here's the best part. Good. soon as this opens, yeah. get tickets for regular Disney because everything yeah, else is going to be quiet. <laughs> you're right, you're going to be right. able to do everything else because yep. everyone's going to be going to Star Wars land. Yeah. You're like, yeah, let's go to the Haunted Mansion. There's going to be no line. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will be at Epcot. Gary, what about you? Would you Would you go down there if you, you know, if money wasn't a thing, would you just go down there or would you wait a while? I would wait a while. Okay. I still would. It, it's going to be a long wait. Because uh, you Years. know you know me at New York Comic Con. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is true. You don't like crowds to begin with. I don't like crowds anymore. I don't. Right. I, I just. I don't. Know. I think as you're getting older, your tolerance for people is starting to get less and less, and that that may play a major role in that. Probably. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I got to agree with you guys. I'm, I'm not sure. I would I would have to wait a while before I just jump on the, this train and be like, I got to yeah. go down there and check this thing out. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's not enough just for me to go experience it. I'd want to experience it with someone else, someone with else that would be like enamored, yeah. you know, well, for they, me, they describe the Millennium you know Falcon I mean? ride as having a cockpit for five people. Go with a right. group of four to five so you can get the whole ride right. as a group and experience it and remember it. Right. And, and I'm not knocking my own children. I mean, I love my kids to death, but they're adults now, basically. Well, they are. All of them are over the age of 18. And, and uh, you know, it, it's not the same as if you were to go with, like, a five-year-old to go check out, you know, a Disney right. park and, like, take see them it through this their thing eyes. and see it through their eyes and, like, let them get immersed in it. And that's why I'm like, I you know, I don't know. But I mean, it's not that I would turn it down if Heather and I were to go. kids are going to love this because if the crowds are as bad as we think they're going to be, are kids going to have fun at this? Are they just going to be like, <laughs> Well, uh, I can tell you from experience because, like, we went to Epcot – as a family, oh my gosh, it was what four months after Epcot opened, yeah. And I was as a kid, my mom kept preparing us. Now we might not get into this. We might not get in. I wanted to see Captain EO so bad, you know. Like I was just like, I saw it was three D. Everybody, where I wanted to see it, saw it before it closed. And we we did, and and it we had to wait in line for forty five minutes before we even got into the building, much less into the actual Captain EO. But here's the thing: as a kid. I wanted to see it so bad, I was willing to wait right. 45 minutes. I mean, and I was not a brat, and I was normally a brat as a kid, I'll be honest. I was not the best child in the world. And I was actually nice to my parents that day because I wanted to get into Captain EO so bad. Um, so I remember I remember all that. And I, I remember, as a kid, I remember the entire experience. I remember the first time we went. Uh, matter of fact, one of my favorite moments with my dad 
that I will never forget was the very first time we went. I was like five or six years old. And we sat down to eat lunch. It was like hot dogs, hamburgers kind of thing. And we were sitting there, and my dad and I, my, my brother and mom went off and did something. I don't remember what they did. I think they went to go ride a ride or something. And my dad and I just wanted to chill for a couple of minutes. So we sat there and ate some lunch. And we were watching the ball being built. Because mm-hmm. um, you could see it from Disneyland, Disney World. And it was like across the pond, basically. And... It was just fun to sit there and talk to my dad about watching this ball being built and, like, speculating what's going to go in it, what is it, like, what's the point behind it. And at the time, this was not where Disney would tell you everything they were doing. You just saw this park being built, and you knew there was a new park being built, but they didn't tell you anything about it. And I'll never forget watching that ball being built and seeing them putting girders up and, you know, welding pieces together. And it was just, like, it was kind of like one of those things as a kid where you're looking at it going... First off, what's that thing going to be? And second of all, it's amazing when you look yeah. at what they were doing. So My friends have the same memory because they used to go down yearly to visit his grandmother who lived down there. Okay. And they'd go to the parks a lot, and they would sit and, and watch from a distance that being built. And they remember yeah. this day seeing that being built. It was just something about it. It was, like, intoxicating to watch how they were building this massive orb yeah, out of ne- metal, I mean, architecturally, you know? it's a stunning it's visual. It's a stunning thing. It really is a, an amazing visual from, from a distance. And then when you get up close, it's even more yeah. unbelievable. And so. we got to do that the second day we did Epcot. And again... We went to like we stopped everywhere. We yep. had uh, food. We got to see Ep- things. Epcot. We saw shows. Epcot is so immersive. I mean, just all the different cultures mm-hmm. all in one spot. It's just so. Amazing. The only thing we didn't do, and I wish we did it at the time, was and they've changed it since then. It's a new ride now. It's turned into the Frozen ride, and I think in Norway, it okay. used to be just a log flume, an indoor log flume. Oh thing, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. didn't do it, and we probably could have gotten right in. And we were just like, we literally were after being able to do so many rides in right. such a short period of time. We were almost rided out. We just kind of <laughs> said. Yeah, we don't need to. Let's go do something else. Yeah. And yeah, so it. it was just amazing to to be able to experience all that so much so fast. So we'll have to see what our listeners think. You know, is that something you're willing to run down to Disney World or out to Disneyland? We're going to hear a lot about it in the next few months. I think we really are, uh, especially as we get closer to Chicago. Yep. Uh, now, I have some good news personally, and I, I feel bad because these two guys are involved, but... Um, I was able to secure my five-day passes for Celebration Chicago. I am ecstatic Mm -hmm. that I get to go out in Chicago and experience the moments. And, uh, you know, no, do I have my Celebration Bash tickets? No, I don't. I can't make it there Thursday night. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to try to make all the pictures, though. So I'm going to try to make the Mandalorian merch picture, the 501st, the Rebel Legion picture. How are you going to transport all this stuff? Uh, you know that new truck that's out front? Yeah. <laughs> so you're driving to Chicago. We're driving to Chicago. That's a lot. I mean, it's going to take you 13 hours to 10 get Ten hours. We, 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 we went online and looked that up. So it's only 10 hours. That's not that bad. 10? It took me 13 to get there when I drove. Remember, we went to Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> twice. Yeah. And you drove down. <laughs> and back. we drove down back twice. So uh, for us, 10 hours isn't, you know, even if it's 13, it's yeah. not that big a deal. But it's, you know, yeah, I, I expect it to be a long first day in particular um, <laughs> I, I would love to be able to be working the show. Believe me, I've been speaking with them. Um, yeah, yeah. I did hear back for that they're looking into it a little, but I just think it was so low on their priority list that yeah, I don't, I'm just yeah. not going to be appearing there this year. I'm just excited to be there. I know there's a lot of people like, I can't believe you're doing, not doing this. Can't, I don't care. I just want to be there. I mean, like I, I can't wait to get in costume and just be on the floor. It's been so long. It's, it's time. I've been dying to go to Celebration again, and I haven't been able to do it for so long. And um, Was know. the last one you went to the last one I went to in 12? Yeah, that that yeah, the one down in Florida. Yeah. So that's yeah. 
So I hadn't been to the two in California because I just I couldn't do it. I, there was no way I could get out there and <clears throat> yep. flying with costumes. Not my idea of style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So those were our thoughts about several things. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about the Hellboy Red Band trailer, DC, and whatever's going on there. Uh, the X Men Dark Phoenix trailer, the Captain Marvel trailer, Star Wars Always trailer, and the massive, massive new things going on uh, at the new Disneyland Galaxy's Edge. We'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Now, this was an extremely long podcast talking about all these subjects, so we decided we're going to leave it with that tonight. We did not do a Star Wars Resistance episode. I know we're way behind, but that's okay, guys. we got plenty of time to go catch over Star Wars Resistance. Believe we'll me, we'll, as soon as the season ends, we'll be blasting through them. Yeah, you'll, you'll be surprised how quick we'll get through them. And by the way, I don't know if you guys have seen, they have already um, uh, agreed to a season two. I thought I heard about that, yeah. So. so we'll have more reviews ahead of us. We'll have even more to go. So as we like to always say here in the Star Production Studios... May the Force be with those who listen to Shazam! Golly! Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the GalaxyCast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.